Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And every night on Monday, we get together and we talk about different financial concepts. We don't get into what stock you're going to buy or where to invest your money. We don't make it, uh, at least I hope we don't, we don't make it complicated. Uh, our, our goal here on the Inspired Choices Network is to provide you with some tools and some skills and some information and maybe a little bit of knowledge that you didn't have before to help you make your life better for you and your family. And my job on the at the Inspired Choices Network is specifically for the financial side. So what we do here on Financially Speaking is we take different financial concepts and we, we break them down into plain language, actually. We just take it and we, we cut it into pieces that make sense and that we can apply specifically to our own lives. I, I know from being in the industry, I'm a licensed advisor. Uh, I have a bookkeeping business. Our finance company looks after uh, a lot of things financial. And, and I know just every day being in the business that there's a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of um, confusion. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, metrics that people talk about when they're measuring things. There's a lot of uh, formulas and math. And I know people get bogged down in that and it makes it confusing. And, and what happens is really simply, it makes you think that you can't understand it yourself. And, and I know you can, I, I don't care what level of investing you're at. I don't care how big your portfolio is. I don't care how big or small your net worth is. Uh, I do seriously believe that everybody has that ability to understand their own stuff. And I say that because I've dealt with a lot of people who get uh, very overwhelmed. And um, what happens is they, they get overwhelmed and then they are either talking to somebody, be it an advisor or, or, or somebody else. And they, they, I get this a lot, actually, where they say, I don't want to feel stupid. I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to ask a stupid question. And I like to remind people that you can't ask a stupid question because you're asking about your money. And you're asking about your future and your security for you and your family. And with that, it, it's important that you understand it. it. It's important that you're comfortable. You don't have to become an advisor. You don't need to get a math degree or a finance degree. You don't, you don't need that to understand your stuff. What you need is just a willingness to say, I really should understand my stuff. I, I should understand what my net worth is, for example. I should understand where my money's being invested. You don't necessarily have to understand all the details that a portfolio manager, if you're dealing with a portfolio manager or an advisor, uh, you know, financial advisor, depending on what level you're at, but you don't need to understand what they're dealing with to understand your stuff. So let me give you an example. Uh, when I meet with people, it is my job to help extract the information and put a plan in place to say, uh, you are looking to retire at this stage and this is what your retirement looks like. So we talk about that, not just financially, like what does your retirement look like? Does it look like traveling? Does it look like staying at home? Does it look like, you know, buying 10 dogs and rescuing them or 
rescuing it, whatever the case is. What does your retirement look like? And then what do we need to do to make that financially happen? And for me, the side that we don't get into on the show is how do I pick funds? How do I pick investments? How do I know what insurance product to use? How do I know what investment company to use? Uh, that's all stuff that I'm supposed to do in my job. So it's up to me to understand more of the metrics and the calculations and who the fund managers are that uh, we're dealing with and where they rank and what does that mean and what's the performance been and what do they have invested in their funds. There are thousands and thousands of funds out there that you can get bogged down and try and go through and figure every single thing out. And what that's where people get lost and confused is they start to think, well, I don't understand why Amazon goes up and down on their stock. I don't understand whether I should be looking at Google or, or why Google's name got changed alphabet, or I don't understand, um, you know, how this uh, COVID-19 affects stocks uh, or investments. That's the job of your advisor. And this is why uh, we've done the shows before on dealing with advisors and whether you work with them or whether you don't, uh, you still certainly can understand your stuff. Um, but my, my point is, it's the job of the advisor to understand more of the, the nitty gritty stuff and more of the math, if you will. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't understand what they're doing. So you may not understand the way I came to recommend something to you in terms of the actual math, but you certainly can understand when I say to you, uh, I recommend something based on these main points. And you say, yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, the return is, is X, uh, the investment uh, portfolio manager is is ranked here and his history has been that and and it's my job to be able to say to you this is the information and you can understand that it is not your job to have to go out and do all the research that's really what dealing with the advisor is we do the research we do the homework we put the plan together and we should explain it to you in a way that makes perfect sense to answer your questions it should match what it is that we're trying to do uh, it should be something that you feel comfortable with. We should manage your emotions. We talked about that before. Uh, and that's that's what we do as, a, as advisors. That's what we do here on Financially Speaking. And the Inspired Choices Network is something where you can, it's a place where you can come and look for answers in areas of your life that you might need a little bit of help or a little bit of support with. So if you need a little bit of financial support or there's a question you, you have and and there's a topic that you're thinking, why haven't you ever talked about this? Then let me know, send it in, join us in the chat room, send a question, email me. Uh, you're welcome to reach out any way that you're comfortable reaching out. And I, I do respond to any comments on our uh, YouTube channel. I, I reply back when I get emails. Uh, I do do my very best to get all the topics answered. I think I have uh, any questions I've been answered or asked for, uh, we've done a show on. So we have so far, <laughs> touch wood, <laughs> I've made managed to hit all the topics. Tonight is a topic I was asked about, which I'm going to talk to you about in a minute. Uh, but I just wanted to share with you about the Inspired Choices Network. It's not just about financially speaking. It's about having a whole, complete, happy package. And that is the, the better you are to yourself, 
the better you will be for your family and for your community and your friends and, and the happier you'll be and the more successful you'll be. And, and I know how simple that sounds. And I, and I do believe it, it really is that simple. So it's, it's encouraging, especially at this time for me, when people are posting and I, I see on social media, different things. And, and, and I think it's important to be nice to yourself and be kind to others uh, and be patient. I know this is a, a this COVID-19 is, has sparked a lot of debate and um, it's a lot of emotion that has come up and, and, and there is a lot of, I am not gonna simplify it by trying to explain it because it's, uh, it's a lot of complicated pieces and there's a lot of uh, strong opinions out there, but I think it's important now more than ever that we really evaluate what it is that we want in our life and how we want our finances to look. And I think you'll find at the Inspired Choices Network, there's there's something for everybody to get the help and support that they need, whether it's your mindset um, because of a lockdown or isolation, whether it's um, your health, whether it's dealing with your kids or your pets or, or work, uh, working from home, working in isolation, if that if that's your, fitting you. Uh, there's a lot of areas here that you can get support with. And if there's something we're missing, I always tell people, please reach out to Christine MacGyver uh, she's our, our network owner. She's also the host of the Inspired Choices Network show. And she's always looking for uh, different areas that we may have a hole and we're missing for specific topics. So if there's something we are missing, then reach out to her because uh, there's opportunity for, for new hosts to come on board and, and join our team. So that's a little something about the Inspired Choices Network. I mentioned tonight, our topic is about uh, ethical investing. And this is a question somebody asked me because uh, if you're listening um, to the new, the, there's a new president in the United States in case nobody uh, out there has, you know, been plugged into the TV, but uh, there's a new president in the United States now and who took office last week. And leading up to that in the investment world, there's always conversations when there's elections, it doesn't matter if it's Canada or the United States, uh, I'm based out of Canada, so our election always has sparks a similar conversation to the United States, who's going to be the head of the, the country. And what does that mean from a financial point of view? So when we look at, when I look at it and people in my world and in investing and finance, uh, we say, how is that going to impact the markets? Uh, what things are going to change? What's going to go up that we predict or could reasonably expect? and what's going to go down that we could reasonably expect. Uh, I, I will never tell you, and if anyone does tell you that they can predict the market and time it, um, that's just not the case. So it, there are some people who are very good at doing reasonable expectations, but for somebody to predict it and say, you know what, buy now, uh, because this is the lowest point it's ever gonna be, or sell now because it's the highest point it's ever gonna be, it is very, very hard for that to happen on a daily basis. Now, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunities, and uh, I won't get into a lot of the details of it. But um, there is a lot of opportunity for people to have reasonable expectations of uh, a trend over a certain period of time. And these are all of the things that you want to look at uh, in a, my capacity and say, well, where does it make sense for people to start placing their money now or, or to start moving their money, if that's the case. So the United States has a new president and part of his mandate, if uh, now this, there's a lot of uh, 
press about what's happening and not happening and in the states about uh, what his agenda is. But one of the things that has been talked about in the investment world is uh, his agenda for helping the sector known as ESL. And that's environmental, social, and, uh, or ESG, sorry, environmental, social, and governance. Um, ESG is the area that you hear a lot of talk about lately. And we're going to talk about that and how that relates to something called ethical investing, because we have heard that a little bit. And I have had more people ask me those questions, because some of this environmental, social and governance uh, sectors that he's looking at, the policies affecting. So when I say that, any policies he changes in terms of government relations, uh, taxation, import, export, how does that affect different industries and different companies within those industries? And the expectation is, a reasonable expectation is, companies who are, who are highly tied into an environmental or so, social or governance uh, sector will have an impact on these new regulations that will probably be coming out. And it will probably, it could potentially be positive impact because that's what uh, the new president Biden uh, mandate looks like it's going to be um, positive for. So there's a, there's a, I know there's so much more that he's doing and I'm watering it down a lot to just one little area of his uh, platform, but that's what I want to look at tonight. And just take a, a, a moment tonight and talk about ethical investing uh, why does it matter? Why do we care? Do we care? <laughs> first of all, I guess is the first question. Do we care? Uh, and why do we care? And is it something that you're interested in? I, I know in my practice, I've talked to people for probably the last five years, actually, about social responsibility. And how does social responsibility tie into ethical investing? And there's, there's a lot of schools of thought, and I'll share some with you on the pros and the cons of it. Um, Everyone has an opinion about their own finances and their own situation. Um, everyone has an opinion about a lot of things, quite honestly. And, and that's great because that's how we spark conversation. And that's how I think we grow and develop. And that's how we lead and, and take direction for different industries and different markets. But uh, tonight, I want to focus just on the investing part of it as, as it relates to ethical investing. And I'll talk a little bit about... Uh, the difference between ethics and morals. We use those terms interchangeably a lot of the time. And uh, when I look it up, there, there is a, there is a, a clear distinction between the two. Uh, and I know for the most part, when we're just talking in casual conversation, we'll say that's not ethical or that's not moral or he has no ethics or he has no morals or she. Um, and we use them on an interchangeable way. But the reality is they do, they do have a separate definition. They do have separate uh, uses, but I can see how they get used interchangeably. So we're going to go take our first break of the night. And when we come back, we'll, we'll dive into the differences between ethics and morals. And then we'll start to connect and see how does that relate to investing? Because I know in my world, I hear a lot about, um, well, frankly, people think money is the root of all evil. I'm sure we've all heard that. Um, and we've also heard uh, he who controls the purse strings, purse strings controls the world. So there's a lot of emphasis that people put on money. And I'm not saying that uh, the, the higher 
1% that has control of most of the money doesn't have a lot of control and, and certainly doesn't have a, um, a different lifestyle. But the reality is um, money is just money. <laughs> and I've said that before, and I'll probably say it again many more times, but money is just money. And the sooner we understand it, the sooner we realize that we have control over it and not the other way around. Because most, a lot of people that I've talked to, they, they feel helpless. They feel like it has control over them. Money is just money. Men has no feelings. It has no love for us. It has no hate for us. It doesn't think about us. There's no emotion there at all. And if we want to start thinking about how we can control it and, and where we want to control it and how we want to invest our money, um, then ethical investing has come up, especially I find with millennials. There's a, I have a lot of questions about, you know, whether it's ethical to invest. So uh, let's, let's tackle that tonight and we'll take our first break. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'm with you for the whole night. Well, at least this part of the night, our hour together. And I am going to talk to you a little bit about social responsibility and ethical investing and how the two of them are related or not. And I started by just before the break, telling you the difference, telling you there is a difference between ethics and morals. So I know we use them interchangeably, but in reality, ethics, that refers to the rules provided by an external source. So for example, codes of conduct in the workplace, 
or principles and religions. Morals, however, refer to an individual's own principles regarding right and wrong. So morals is really the area when we say that's not right or that's not that's that's wrong for him to do that or her to do that. Whereas ethics is more of an external, um, our code of ethics for our workplace or a code of ethics that uh, an external source works by. Uh, lots of times you'll see companies now are saying a code of conduct or they sometimes do call the code of ethics, but that's where they're saying, these are the principles by which we operate as a company. And you may or may not agree with all of them. Um, if you don't, I, I, I think from a, a realistic point of view, if you work for a company and your ethics don't align with their ethics, then it's very hard for you to be happy working in that environment because you're always fighting your internal self to match the external expectations of the company. So, and, and everyone has them, by the way, like every company has them. They may not have them posted. They may not talk about them. They may not um, articulate them in a way where you can say, oh yeah, you have those five, sure. Yeah, those are the five principles I work by. Uh, but they do have them. You can feel it in culture, uh, in the company. You can feel it in, in the energy in the company. If you work there, you, you can sense it. Uh, you can tell by the way people talk. You can tell by the way they act. You can tell that the company definitely has a code of ethics. It just might not be clearly written out. Um, but that's really what it is. The difference is your external versus your internal. So where do they come from? Well, they come from the, the ethics part is made up from the external, like I mentioned, but your morals are your internal stuff. And that comes from what you believe based on uh, how you've grown up, who's been an influence in your life, uh, things you read, things you watch, whatever you, it, it's like food, whatever you put into your body makes up your body. Whatever you put into your mind makes up who you are. And who you are makes up what your morals are, what you find acceptable as right and acceptable as wrong. And why, why do we do this? Why do we care? Well, ethics is something where society is saying to us, it's the right thing to do, or it's the wrong thing, don't do it. So that's what our ethics are doing. But if we believe something is right or wrong, that's our moral consciousness. And Christine MacGyver is the one to talk to about consciousness. She does a whole lot of work on this. And uh, she's definitely the one that we should plug into and learn more about from that perspective. But the reason we want to know this, and I always say everything relates to money. And at some point, it all does connect. But the reality is we all connect all the pieces of our life. So it's not like money's the hub. And then all of a sudden, we just connect all the other pieces to it eventually all our pieces connect and money is always part of it, our finances. So for us, we may have uh, where you're, and I have had this where clients are adamantly against smoking. They don't smoke. They, they actually, they just hate smoking. They won't be around smoking. Um, so the question when we talk about investing uh, sometimes can come up where they won't invest in companies that make cigarettes or make cigars or make smoking sensation, cessation devices. Um, that's a, the valid, valid question that they, they can have. Um, that's part of where I'm gonna lead you tonight in our conversation about ethical investing, because that is a question that can come up. 
Now, there are other people that, and I know I've mentioned on the this show before, somebody named Jim Cramer. He's on uh, CNBC. He hosts Mad Money, and he's very entertaining, and he talks about individual stocks, and he's quite brilliant. And I, I do recall on one show, he made the comment, there was a question about ethical investing, and he, his particular stance was, if you don't like smoking, then don't limit yourself from a very good investment where you can make a lot of money, even though it's a smoking company, take the money, make the money, and then donate it to a charity to help fight them or fight cancer because you think cigarettes cause cancer. Uh, and I think that was the example. But these, this is where we have that ethical conversation. It's not just financial, like where do I put my money? How do I make it? It's also, are you comfortable where it's being invested? Because you may not be comfortable saying, I wouldn't have invested my money had I known it was in um, energy, like oil. Maybe you're adamantly opposed to that type of uh, energy extraction or oil extraction, and you wouldn't support it. And maybe you don't want your investments to support it. This is where our ethical investing comes in, as, a, as opposed to just look at the numbers, right? Uh, there's a lot of pieces people don't realize all the time that affect how you invest. So if you're doing investments on your own and you're, you're thinking, um, uh, I don't know, maybe you've, you've got a, a trading account and you're just doing your own individual stocks, for example, and you're buying stocks based on something. So you start with certain companies. There's thousands and thousands upon thousands, tens of hundreds of thousands of companies out there. And the ones that are individually uh, trading on the stock market, you might look at, you start somewhere because there's a company that you like and you pick that company and you like it for a reason. You might say, I, I like Disney, for example. I'll pick one we all know. Um, why do you like Disney? Well, you might like Disney because of how you feel when you go there or because of an experience you had or because your family went there or you had this great memory with your kids, whatever the case is you might like Disney and you think, Oh, I'm going to do my own investing. I'm going to trade stocks myself, whatever the case is. And you're going to start looking at Disney. So you started there because at some point there was something that felt right. And it aligned with your, your ethics, your, their ethics aligned with, with your morals and, and you felt good about it. Then you start to look at the financial side and say, well, are they a good company to invest in? And okay. So I already like them. I like what they stand for. I like their ethics. Um, but now financially, are they a good company to invest in? So that's a process that happens very quickly. <laughs> like we usually have in a second or less than a second. We know whether we are looking at something. Oh, let's look at Disney. Why? I like Disney. And you don't go through this whole process about, I believe in their ethics. I believe in the way they treat their employees. I believe in all this and that and the other thing. You don't normally go through that initially. But then when you start to do your research and your analysis, then you start to say, okay, what am I looking for? Why do I like them? And then you get looking at it and you're like, wow, you know, I, I still like them even after the research or maybe I don't like them. I didn't know they operated that way. But that's the part that really jumpstarts us. And it's kind of funny because um, it doesn't, I don't think it gets talked about a lot, but it does affect how comfortable we are in doing something. We, we're either going to be investing our money in something that uh, we believe in uh, from a, a, an ethics and morality point of view, <clears throat> or we're going to be investing in something we don't understand, but we're hoping that the advisor is giving us the advice that we need to invest in it, 
or, or some people just aren't investing because they're not taking the time and they can't understand, they feel like they can't understand it. But I do believe that when you talk to people, everyone starts from a point of, of how they feel. And the job of the advisor is to say, okay, this is how we feel. This is what you believe in. Let's figure out what plan matches that you're comfortable with. Because at the end of the night, when you go to bed, you have to put your head down and say, I'm comfortable and I can sleep well knowing that I don't believe in cigarettes and I'm not investing in a cigarette company, if that's how strongly it is for, for an example. Um, so when we talk about uh, ethics and morals, well, just for now, we'll, we'll water it down. So anyone out there who's a, an, an ethics and morality expert, I know this is really watered down, but let's just say your ethics are your external and your morality is your internal for tonight. Uh, that'll make it easier for us. So some of the things that we have to look at in our ethics and our morals is how consistent and flexible they are. Um, ethics can be very consistent with in certain contexts, but can uh, they can vary greatly as well. And for that, the medical profession, let's give you an example for that. The medical profession in the 21st century um, are generally consistent and they don't change from hospital to hospital. So in Canada, for example, I know the United States is a little bit different, but in Canada, um, and you're only different in the United States based on uh, really price and privacy because uh, the care and the type of medicine that's received is the same. So the medicine is, is claim is the same from hospital to hospital to hospital. Uh, their ethics is to treat, do no harm, treat the patient and look after them. That's the mandate. Uh, legal profession is a little bit different. You can go very differently in the legal profession. There are, everyone is entitled to a defense. And whether you believe that that person is innocent or guilty as a lawyer may affect whether or not you take somebody on. So the legal world is not as consistent across an ethics board that you would, that, that a medical profession would be. Uh, when you have a conflict between your ethics and your morals, what do you do? Well, for example, um, the defense, like in a lawyer, like I just mentioned, or an attorney for the Americans, uh, we call them lawyers, you call them attorneys, they're the same legal people. Uh, when you're a defense lawyer, for example, and you're representing somebody in a criminal case, and it could be murder or something very severe, and and your, your job is to represent them to the best of your ability, uh, your personal morals may not align and you may struggle to, to do this. And this is what, when your morals and your ethics are not in alignment, then you have a struggle. And somehow you have to figure out how to reconcile that. If you're able to set that aside, and I, and I, and I always joke, cause I, you know, my friends that are, are lawyers or doctors or nurses, uh, my sister, is a nurse and, and I, it's so funny to see they they it's like they have two they're two people they have their everyday person and then they have their medical persona and they that's when they're able to just switch and compartmentalize and and be treat you know what I need to treat this and and they're able to to do their job without getting overly emotional and and the fear of whether or not the surgery will go well they're able to do it because they're able to compartmentalize that 
lawyers can be the same. It's a little bit harder because you're dealing with people. I know you're dealing with people in medicine, but typically you're dealing in a lot of times life and death situations. You're treating somebody, I got to get them into the, the emergency room and do this, you know, emergency surgery. Uh, there's not a lot of conversation in that way. It's like, how are we going to do this? We're going to take the appendix out this way. And then you proceed. Uh, defending somebody in murder, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach that. There's different strategies and you have to reconcile in your mind that you're going to be able to represent them. This is when your morals and your ethics may not align. Uh, we are up to our second break and we're going to take our second break. And then when we come back, I am going to jump in talking to you about ethical investing. Now that we've kind of, I guess, carved out a, a definition that we're going to use <laughs> and a way that we're going to look at morals and ethics tonight. So we're going to, of course, talk about money and how that relates to money. Obviously, <laughs> how could we not? It's financially speaking. So don't go anywhere. And you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And tonight we're talking about investing ethically, or we're at least attempting to start the conversation of what that looks like. So when it comes to investing, the ethical investing uh, conversation comes up and people mention it and they use that term, but they use the term, we talked about the interchangeability of ethics and morality in our, in our daily life. But in finance, ethical investing is used interchangeably with social responsibility, um, environment, ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance, uh, investing. They, what they're talking about when we talk about investing ethically, they're talking about investing in things that are sustainable investing, that are an impact on investing, value-based investing, 
there's conscious investing, there's green investing. These are the things that come up. These are the terms that come up when we start talking about investments and uh, ethical investing. So it's, it's no surprise that um, there's no certification to say, hey, this person is a, an ethical investing a certified portfolio manager. That's not what it is. Um, it's not regulated by the government. It's, it's not a, an industry on its own that says, oh, here, here's an ethically invested company that you can uh, invest your money in. What it is, is they look at different criteria of a company to say, um, are, how are they an ethically investment and investing company? Now there's differences. This is the why, why it's so much fun <laughs> uh, from this side because the interpretation is so different. So you can have some that look at it and it's from a social responsibility. Well, social responsibility, when I say that, most people think, uh, do they recycle? Are they environmentally friendly? That's what they think of. And, and in some cases, yeah, that could be it. But when we're talking about the whole gamut of things, we're, there's lots of different uh, takeaways that are an analysis tools, if you will, that people will use for uh, whether that's considered ethically investing. Um, there's, so there's lots of ways for them to do it. And some of them overlap. To be pretty simplified, um, one of the approaches is the investment portfolio managers, they will look at the problem companies, if you will. And the problem companies are usually uh, firearms, tobacco, gambling, uh, alcohol, drugs, um, especially now, actually, we have a whole new cannabis industry that's come on. It's, it's legal. Uh, people are still, I've, I've had actually a lot of people say, um, I don't want to be invested in anything like that because I don't believe in it. And I think, okay, that is something that people have a feeling about their, their, their morals are, they don't agree in it with it. So they don't want to invest in it. There are other people, like I mentioned about the cigarettes that say, um, Hey, I think there's going to be a huge opportunity in that. And I'm looking at the medicinal side of it and I'm okay with the medicinal side of it. So I want to be part of it. Uh, th that's an example of what you would be looking at for a what's considered a problem company, not a problem company in terms of where they run right or anything. It's a problem company in terms of their, their category, which is their industry. So for that, that's where an investor, uh, if you're looking for a social responsibility investing, then you, there's certain criteria that companies have to meet to be classified that way. And then you as an investor can say, I want you, Kathy, I, you're my advisor. I want you to find me companies that are socially responsible and their social responsibility is based on the platform they have. Or you can say, I want you to find me companies that I believe are ethical investing. And that will be no cigarettes, no firearms, no gambling, no alcohol, no drugs. Um, now, <laughs> nothing is ever just a straight line, is it? When we talk about money, it's not just, hey, this guy's socially responsible and uh, this guy's not, therefore go with him uh, or her. So different companies have surprisingly, the way they, they rank them, you would think they're not socially responsible. Um, and then other companies you're like, wow, I really thought they'd be in a social responsibility class, but they're not. So just to give you an example, it's kind of interesting. Um, what happens is the ESG, and I mentioned before, 
that's come up a lot with talks about with President Biden and uh, how that's going to affect companies that are in the ESG uh, environment. And that is uh, interesting in the fact when I say the word Tesla for a company, a lot of people think of Tesla as a very environmentally friendly company because they're talking about alternative energy uh, in terms of their, all their vehicles obviously are electric and uh, alternative energy and, and uh, waste and, and efficiencies and all that. So you would think they're gonna have a high ESG score. So they do what's called, uh, and these are portfolio managers and, and people that are analysts and so on. They do what's called a corporate sustainability assessment. And when they did a corporate sustainability investment for Tesla, and it's by going through this whole list of criteria, and then you get a ranking out of 100, um, Tesla ranked 22. And it's a, they're a good example of how a green organization who's got excellent carbon strategy, because with that, Tesla scored a 99, um, they can be let down by low scoring management systems, uh, staff development, labor practice. So that leads us to our ESG. And you look at that and you're thinking, wow, you know, environmental, social and governance, you'd think that would be really, they'd be really good at that. But what is that? Well, so social responsibility, they're usually the controversial, they avoid the controversial areas. That's the gambling, the firearms, tobacco, gun, or um, uh, cigarettes, alcohol, oil. Those are all things that they usually avoid, social responsibility. ESG funds, however, are companies that they look at and consider the decision-making on how the environment, the social, and the government risks and opportunities can cause a material impact on the company's performance. So they can be investing in sustainability while at the same time, same time maintaining a level of returns that would win a standard approach. So these companies, a social responsibility company may not be an, as an ESG. So then we look at, well, what's an impact fund? Well, an impact fund places a equal importance on the fund performance. So here they're aggressively looking at creating an ethical change, supporting companies that provide certain products and services. And usually impact funds are suitable for investors who are socially responsible, but also want good returns. And then there's another element called faith-based funds. And these only invest in stocks that follow religious values and ideals. And they strictly include investments that don't fit this category. So there are different ways that you can approach investing. It's not just about show me the money because that's what a lot of people will think it is. And then they, they get upset if they, if they come in and, and they're like, I just wanna, just wanna make money, for example. And then you invest in something, oh, I would never support that company. Ah, now it's a different conversation. So some of the advantages of, our, of ethical investing are that the investor, they feel happy. So if you're, Disney was my example. So Disney might make you feel happy. And when I say, hey, we have Disney in your portfolio, you'll be like, oh, that's such a great company. I'm so happy to have it. Um, and so you feel good about that, owning that company. It benefits you emotionally and it benefits you financially, which is, you know, the part of the financial part that we have to look at too. 
um, as more people invest in ethical funds, then the investments can grow substantially in the future. And there is more conversation around that. Uh, since ethical investing is gaining importance, it also encourages other businesses to improve their ethical practice and to attract funding. So the, the snowball effect is the more people who are looking at ethical investing and investing in companies that fit that criteria will encourage other companies to fit that criteria because they'll want to attract more funds and more people investing in their company. Some of the disadvantages of the ethical investing, because you know there's always good and bad, I gotta share it all with you. Uh, ethical investing, it's not a passive strategy. So what that means is that you gotta do a lot of research and it has to align with the investor's values and beliefs. So it's more work because there's not just a, hey, here's the piece of paper that gives you all the answers on the ethical side. Um, it also may not provide optimal returns. I'm not saying it doesn't, it's just possible it may not. And the investor may have to sacrifice financial gains for an ethical approach. Uh, and fees for ethical investing could be higher because it requires more investment or more research, sorry. And that, that it is involved with the research analysts and, and so on to identify the right investment. So it could be a, a slightly higher management fee. So those are things that we want to consider when we're talking about ethical investing. Is this something that is for me? Is it something that's not for me? And if it is for you, how important is it? Um, is it something that you're willing to sacrifice potentially higher gains on your investments for? Is it something that you're willing to sacrifice and pay a tiny bit higher management fee if it's, if it's likely now? There's all kinds of different strategies that you look at for management fees and, and how you pay and all that. And I know there's a whole, this could be, a, this, is, this has been a whole other show. There's a whole conversation about how fees work in the industry. There's a lot of misinformation out there. I, I get it. But tonight we're not going to talk about fees. We're just going to talk about how we're investing our money and whether or not it's ethical or not. So uh, those are some comparatives that you look at when you're thinking, okay, am I looking at, am I interested in social responsibility? Am I interested in ethical investing? Am I interested in faith-based funds? Am I interested in impact funds? What exactly am I, what is, what is my goal? And everyone's is different and everyone's is right. That's the very cool thing about what we do here is everyone's right. Your plan is right for you. If you're happy uh, making more money and you really don't think too hard about what you're investing in as you're just looking at the return on investment, then that's okay. That's right for you. If you're thinking I'm more interested in how I'm affecting the, the planet and I want to invest in people in companies who are green and their focus is a green initiative like Tesla, then great. No problem. You're right too. And if your goal is I'm only interested in investing in things that have a strong religious tie because I feel very strongly about that, guess what? You're right too. So that is the very nice thing about uh, investing in general, to be honest with you, is I, I, you know, I talk to people and you're not wrong. This is, this is the big challenge I have is trying to tell, trying to convince people, I guess, that uh, number one, your plan is right for you. If you've done the thought and you've done the work on it, you've talked to someone, your plan is right for you. And if you, if you aren't competing with your neighbor, 
and you're not comparing yourself to your neighbor and trying to measure your life to somebody else's standard, then you're doing all right. That's the right way to do it. You don't have to worry about what everybody else is thinking. You don't have to worry about whether you connect in the same line as them. Um, I just realized I've gone over my, my wonderful producer, Kim. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I missed our, our last minute there. Uh, you know, you get talking about ethics or finance in general, and I forgot to take our last break. So maybe we should, uh, maybe we'll just skip it. I think Kim will be okay with that. She hasn't cut me off, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> so we'll just carry on with our last few minutes of the show and uh, talk about our, our investing strategies <laughs> and how we pick them. So when we're talking about investing and we're talking about finances, I, I, I do say this a lot and I, and I mean it quite sincerely that you can understand your stuff. You can understand really, you can understand where you're putting your money. You can understand that. No problem. Probably the, the hardest part, if you will, and I'm not saying it's super hard, but the hardest part is to start. It's like anything else, taking the first step. But then once you take that first step, deciding what is important to you, is it just, I want to make a lot of money and I don't care if you're investing in oil. I don't care if we're investing in, uh, cigarettes and gambling. I don't care if my portfolio looks like it's all cigarettes and all gambling and all oil. That's fine. I don't care. Then that's a whole, that's, that's a different conversation than your neighbor who might say, I really care if I'm investing in somebody that's supporting a particular style of life or a particular industry that I don't agree with. Or you don't want to be supporting <clears throat> you don't want to be supporting uh, a company because you have very very strong feelings about smoking, so you absolutely don't want any five cents of yours going into a company that would make anything that would produce anything that causes smoking or helps people smoke. So these are questions you need to ask yourself, and and these are questions you can ask when you're having that conversation with your advisor. And we always do something called an investor profile questionnaire, uh, not just because it's required, but because it's very helpful to say, um, well, okay, where are you at from an, a risk point of view? We have to do that and find out, you know, where your level of risk is. Uh, the other question you have, and you have conversations with people. I know I have people come in all the time. I talk to them, well, not so much in person now, but a lot on the phone and by Zoom is, uh, what is it that we're, what's our goal? What's the purpose of what we're doing? What do we expect? What's a reasonable expectation of what we want to have happen? And if it's, you know, I need to invest my money for my kid's education. My kids are, you know, seven and 10. So I have eight years before the first one's going to go to school. Okay. So reasonable expectation is we're going to invest money for eight years before we have to start withdrawing some of it. Um, now, do we need to be aware of different avenues that we can be investing in. Are we interested in just, hey, let's just put it in and make as much as we can? Or are we gonna, obviously we're gonna be looking at different risk profiles and, and uh, tolerances, but we're gonna be asking ourselves, you know what? I, I really don't wanna invest in a company. I don't wanna have my money invested or maybe not a lot of my money. I'll accept a little bit of money being invested in oil but I'd really rather invest in renewable energies or alternative uh, energy sources. So different conversation. 
different investment from somebody that says, I, you know, I'm good. Like, let's just invest in whatever. Um, but if somebody has, and, and, and I think it's, it's always kind of interesting because uh, we don't talk a lot about how we feel about certain things and how that impacts our investing. And I think it's, it's interesting that when the, the more involved we become in our own finances and the more aware we are in, of what we're investing in, the more we have an opinion about what's being invested. So if you're investing, you go online and, and I'm not criticizing any particular company that does this online, you fill out the questionnaire and they say, pick door number one, two, three, four, or five, and that's where your money goes. Um, you, don't get a, you don't get to see a lot uh, of what's going on there or what you're investing in. So you actually might not even know <laughs> what you're investing in. Like you might not know what that particular fund makes up, but, and maybe you don't care and that's okay too, but you might care and you might want to know what's being invested in. And that's when you start to ask yourself, okay, well, give me a little bit more detail on that particular investment. And, oh, I didn't realize it was investing in, in guns and I'm very opposed to guns. So maybe we should be changing that. Uh, that's that's basically what I got for you tonight with ethical investing. I hope that helps a little bit. I hope that just, if nothing else, it can start a conversation with you to, to ask if it's something you should be looking for. Um, you probably will be hearing more about that if you listen to uh, different financial shows or read financial articles, because there is, um, like I mentioned, the ESG has come up a lot, the environmental, social, and governance uh, that President Biden uh some of his policies are going to affect industries like that. So that's some of the stuff that I think is, it's, it's worth just being aware of or having a conversation. If you, if you're talking to your investment person, uh, if you're doing it yourself, then you know what, just being aware of it, then maybe we've just drawing your attention to something that you didn't quite know. And, and you were thinking, you know, I didn't quite understand what that was. What is this ESG they keep talking about? It's not a company. It's not a fund. It's, it's a, <laughs> It's potentially a movement, actually. But um, for now, that's what our investment is. So uh, we look at different areas like that, and we help make the decisions on what's best for, for each individual. And of course, we decide what's good for us. So that's for tonight, ethical investing. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be tackling more topics. Always feel free to, to plug in and, and ask your questions, and I'll tackle them the best I can. So let's see you again here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.